I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Welcome to Oops! The Podcast, everybody. Happy holidays. Hope you're enjoying yourselves. Hope you're healthy and safe and relaxing in some capacity. I'm Julio Gallarotti. I'm with Francis Ellis, festively dressed, mm-hmm. looking red, looking good. I'm always looking red. Oh, I didn't mean it like I didn't mean it like no, that. No, but it's but something that's plagued me my whole life. Everyone always tells me that I'm I'm red. <laughs> my skin tone, my hair, whatever it is. Well, we're both we both I mean, I guess I'm wearing a blue shirt, but we're both wearing green pants. There you go. Which is interesting. Yeah. You know, I can't remember the last time I was wearing green pants with someone. It was actually a coincidence. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. This is good, dude. Hell yeah. I love I love the color green. Feeling good. Yeah. I was um I'll tell you, you know, New York City restaurants are have shut down and uh the night before they did, uh last Sunday, I I was out walking around. It was the last night before mm. the restaurants were going to shut down indoors or whatever. And there was almost like a uh a vibe around town of like this is the last hurrah Mm. and everyone was out it was really warm and everyone was out sort of celebrating or trying to like give the pump one last infusion of cash into the restaurants and um there were some live bands these roving live bands so cool three to four piece bands like a, a singer you know with a electric remote whatever mic and um a drummer you know playing the drums on some kind of like box you know, with these brush Very cool. things and then a guitarist and they would just set up in front of these restaurants where people were outside dining and start playing and then a little crowd would gather and it was the coolest thing I'd seen in New York. That's sick. I've in seen, a long time. I've seen a couple of things like that, not in as triumphant of a fashion, but let me ask you this. Was the band kind of playing one song at one restaurant and moving to the next restaurant or were they staying in the same They spot? would do a set. They would do a set. And the first place we saw them, because we passed them, it it didn't seem that the restaurant was very receptive. The restaurant goers, they were very receptive to their playing. Oh, interesting. Because people seemed to be, it was maybe a more fancy, a little stiffer restaurant. Mm -hmm. But then they did a a couple songs, and then they picked things up, and then they went down the block, a couple blocks. And that's when we actually circled back and joined them. Cool. And started walking with them. Sick. And <laughs> the procession, there was a guy. I mean, we, at that point we were groupies, Sick. instant groupies, like waiting to Following find where them they, on tour. We, we, we travel with the band, yeah. <laughs> travel three bucks with the band. And they went to this bar called cowboy cowgirl restaurant or something. It's mm-hmm. on eighth Avenue in, in the village and, uh, outdoor pick, you know, tables and all this people having kind of goofy drinks and stuff. And they set up on a, on a little Island sort of median island right so like the bike lane in the island. street so in between the bike lane and the street yes yes there was a little patch a narrow of cement yeah. it's cool and they set up on that i mean these people and they were kind of bopping around with the music one step backwards and that guitarist is Done. getting creamed by a ups truck crazy dude. and it, it almost happened a couple times and i we all kind of be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> holding your breath but they do they, they they did some awesome music. They had they did a, a Prince cover. They did uh they did you know uh, Queen 
Exactly. Uh, they did some really good stuff, um, and they were they were pretty good. They weren't bad. And I'll tell you something: the people were so excited. It was awesome. as if we were watching live music for the first time. Dude, it's I know it's a crazy time, bro. And then after about eight songs, just as their final number was coming to a close, the police came and got furious with them and shut them down. Yeah, you know it's, they didn't have a permit. By that point, it was probably ten forty-five, ten thirty-ish, mm-hmm. and you know there are residents uh-huh. above these restaurants, and you just have to imagine that there's probably some elderly women woman and like or man in, in a rent controlled place he's been there for 35 years right 10 o'clock is his bedtime honestly like i think that that guy should fuck off like it's not normal times so, it's not 4 a.m in the village during a normal time but but does any of that factor it should in his mindset i hope so i hope he's like eh i i you know maybe not but i like to think that hopefully there's some reasonable rent control grumpy curmudgeon tenants who realize that no one's going to get to see eat outdoors anymore. And it's possible that that person doesn't even know that the, there is a coronavirus pandemic right now. That can, you they really are think living that in a shuttered, dusty <laughs> apartment with all no, no light TV. comes in. They have some errand boy who gets their groceries for them. <laughs> they have a cat. Two cats. Yeah. <laughs> two cats. And they, you know, do crossword puzzles yeah. all day. That guy doesn't doesn't have cable, doesn't have a TV. You know, and he might not know. That's such an interesting thing to think about. Like, I wonder how many people in the world don't know about it. There are some. There are for sure some. There are some. And I'm not even just talking about indigenous cultures. Like, I'm wondering if there's, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm wondering if there's any people, because you hear about these islands. Island where, like, peoples. If you go, exactly they're like. exactly what I was thinking. You know, they're really like, uh, like off of India. I think there's one of them. They're like really hostile towards. Yeah, there, there they are some them. cannibalistic places, yeah. too. Well, that yeah. too, that's fucking Off crazy. New Guinea and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Nuts, man. Um, but, but my point being, right, so that guy, that guy has, for the last 30 years, New York City probably has had laws against live bands yeah. playing out in the street past yeah. a certain hour. People on the community board, all yeah. this shit. And all of a sudden, his bedtime, he goes to bed at 9, nine o'clock, right? There's a band striking up their number right. at 10.30. Why is this happening? He calls in a noise complaint to the local mm, precinct. Right. Police arrive. Get the fuck out of here. You can't do this. Right. He's not thinking, ah, I should guy. let it go. It's a rough time. People need their live music last night, whatever. Right. There has to be a point in some people's lives if they're like very miserable where they don't care anymore about anybody else because they think that their life has turned out so poorly. But they're like, fuck you. Yes. Oh, you think this sucks? You know what really sucks? And yeah. then they list their... Either that or they just they just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, yeah. they, they're not, it's like, it's why, I don't know. This is my life. I live this way. Don't infringe upon my way of living. Right. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Dude, isn't it interesting too? Like, remember back in the day, like, especially, I, mean, I did a bunch of these when I started comedy and I'm certainly not above them now. Um, but those shows where they happen in a bar and the people at the bar or the restaurant don't know that there's a show that's don't about know to happen. that there's a comedy. So show. I call we call it, I guess guerrilla comedy. Let's mm-hmm. call it. Um, I've done a hundred. I've done it a bunch of them, and they they can be really rough because you're you're performing for a group of people who don't care and don't want to see it. Or it's the who, same as performing on the subway. They even might even feel like you've like you're being an asshole for performing while they're trying to have a conversation. Right, which is also funny because a lot of comedians start going. 
Um, there's a comedy show happening. Like they get mad. Yeah. It's like, dude, you don't have the right to get mad. Yeah, in this they situation. were here first. But I wonder, you know, if if that were to be possible now, I imagine that the people will be much more receptive. Could be the same way, like you said, the people in the street were so excited. Yeah. But then it was funny to like just juxtapose that with the people eating at the fancy restaurant who were like, oh god. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it's such an For interesting sure. time. But dude, I saw one of those bands. I was eating outside maybe a month or two ago. And obviously it was different circumstances because, you know, things were still going to be open a little bit longer or whatever. But this band, it was a roaming band and they had a giant barcode on the drum mm -hmm. so you could scan it and Venmo them. That's what a lot of people were doing. And I bet that, that those people were cleaning up and I'm glad that they are because it's fucking it's stuff out there. For sure. There was even a guy sitting on the sidewalk. This was the funniest part. The band picked up another groupie who was this just middle aged white man wearing a windbreaker jacket who all of a sudden became their tour manager. Dude, I'm not stand kidding back, you. Stand back. He was, he was doing every, he was carrying like an amplifier for them. He went into the restaurant and was like, we got, I'm with the band. Said that. Said, I'm with the band. That's great. Can we play? That's so And cool. they had met him that like half an hour earlier. That's and crazy. then. How do you know that? Because I walked in with him because I was asking for a table. I thought you were going to say I was also asking for the band. We had come in with the band, but right. we weren't pretending to be part of <laughs> the crew. Right. right. So then he stood in the bike lane because people were now like kind of milling around the bike lane. The bike lane was between the band and the, and the audience. And so people were like crossing the bike lane to, to put money in their bucket or whatever um, or take pictures of them. And people were still coming up the bike lane on bikes. And he would stand in the middle of the bike lane and go like this, slow down, <laughs> like a dad in a residential neighborhood, <laughs> slow down, like waving his arms. Bands at play. Yeah. People are listening to live music here. That's crazy. He man. was so official. That's sick. He was so official. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really fun to watch him become that guy. My dad would be like, oh, see what people can do. When, <laughs> yeah, my yeah, dad right. has a very like yeah. lock, Lockean, Lockean philosophy on, yes. on humans. That's very well said. John Locke, <laughs> state of nature, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know specifically. Well, John Locke wrote um, I forget what it was, his two treatises on, on government. And I, I think his big philosophy was that man in a state of nature will actually find a way to self-govern. Right. And I don't, I, my tendency is to disagree with that. Like maybe that point not, but in general, like I don't believe in people as much as my dad does. Mm, I, I believe that pe we sort of like at our core are like out for ourselves and that we kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, right? In, yeah. in the absence of, of rule of law, in the absence of, of government mm -hmm. and leadership, those people who feel that way, mm -hmm. like, fuck everyone, I'm going to go out and get mine. Mm -hmm. At some point, you can't get yours without some semblance of order. No, totally. Because if everything breaks down, right, it's in your best interest to have order. Right, right. There's nothing to. There's nothing to have anymore. Right. And you're just walking to the grocery store to get your shit, and people are like throwing bottles at you, and there's, <laughs> it's crazy. No, that totally there's makes violence sense. everywhere. So, but I just remember like a like in high. I get, I forget when I learned about this, but like it was sort of like the Locke school of thought versus the Hobbes school yeah. of thought, mm -hmm. which is like. A more cynical and i don't even think i'm a cynical person but like still i kind of tend to lean more that way not that it matters but did hobbs write will you look this leviathan up? Right? leviathan right and the uh, that was the idea of uh the leviathan was the the snake 
and that the, the government was the snake or something. They were like the, the people. There was that whatever. Fiery metaphor. Did he write civil disobedience? Civil disobedience. Leviathan. Leviathan. Who wrote civil disobedience? Was that John Locke? Fuck. I don't know. Ugh. Dude, I yeah, I, it's funny. It's amazing, like, what things you retain. Yeah, I know. And it frustrates me. It makes me not want to watch movies. Thoreau? Henry Thoreau wrote Civil mm. Disobedience. Boy, I'm all over the map here. Um, anyway, stuff, though. I, I have one more piece of this. This, sure. this splendid evening that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I um, I, we, we, before we went walking around the West Village to find this band and sit down and have, have margaritas at Cowgirl Bar, we were we went to a, a restaurant called Emily West Village. You ever been there? No. Oh boy, it's really good. It's the real deal. Really, but there are only two things on the menu that you've got to have. What are and they? One is the burger, mm-hmm. and the other is their like pepperoni pizza. Mm. But they make nice stuff. But those two things are like out of this the world. thing. So we ordered those things when we when we came up to the restaurant. My name was on the resi reservation. And the guy, we, we showed up, and the guy goes, right this way. And he points at me. He goes, you're hilarious, by the way. Oh, I came to one of your shows back, you know, a couple months back when times were normal. And I was like, very, I was very sweet. I was like, oh, thank you so much. What a lovely thing to say. We sit down. And we have our, a waitress comes over and starts, you know, serving us and being really nice. I think it was... uh. We finish our meal, and I ask for the check, and then she says, by the way, I'm going to tell my boyfriend I served you tonight. Oh, dude, great. Hang on. (laughs) She hadn't mentioned anything throughout the course of the meal, right? And it's entirely possible that that was just her being nice and wanting to afford me the privacy of of a nice evening with my girlfriend. Totally. It's also possible that she saw the guy up front say that to me, or at some point oh, he like relayed to her that I was a comedian, right. and she had no idea who I was, and that, and because th- this is what I thought, she gave me the check as and said, almost in the same breath, I know who you are. At that point, I have no choice but to leave a very good tip. Well, yeah, dude. You, you think that that's what went down? I, that is actually true. You have no choice. I have no choice. You have no choice. Because you don't want her being like, yeah, that guy fucking now, doesn't tip. I'm amused by this thought. I am not wedded to it. I am not saying this is the case. It's much more likely that she was just very sweet. Maybe she did know who I was. And, you know, I'm not sucking my own dick here, but I thought it was a hysterical idea that someone, uh, uh, that a, 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 wait, a waitress could be so calculating as to hold on to that information till the very moment when it would bind me to the commitment of paying, of giving her a much better tip for the sake, for, right. out of fear. Right. No, totally. That. Because the worst thing that a public person can be known for is being like as, aside from like, you know, being a domestic abuser or something right. or a DUI a person. Like, is, yeah, I guess like, there are a lot of things. criminal activity aside. <laughs> no, 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 no. Criminal, criminal activity yeah. aside. 
a, a right. PR it's, stench it's that is bad. attached to a lot of people, which people will cite as the first thing they know about that, that person. A cheap fuck, totally. Is this guy doesn't tip? Yeah. In accordance with what we know to be his wealth, Justin Bieber, when he goes to a restaurant, has no choice but to leave a fucking. 50 percent tip he needs to leave between a 50 and 100 percent. he has no choice <laughs> a 20 percent tip interest. from justin bieber is absolutely a problem yeah and uh that's because at any given moment someone will take a, a little picture of the receipt that he signed jay biebs and they'll be like look <laughs> at this justin bieber only left a 20 18 to 20 percent tip which you know is a normal tip or whatever what and he's now known as that guy, and everyone yeah. fucking hates him for yeah, it. Yeah, you can't be that guy. Pete Sampras famously became I, yeah. outed as as cheap because Andre. How Agassi awkward wrote was about that moment when he served that ball? Yeah, at him. yeah, dude, dude, that was fucking terrible in the Andre, charity event. Andre Agassi, uh, these tennis greats, obviously uh, outed Pete Sampras in his book. They were, no, oh, really? In the book, that was how I heard oh, about it first. They, there was a live event where Agassi was miked. They were mic'd Yeah, but that other. was him doubling down on the Oh, that the was joke. after the book? Yeah. Oh. And Agassi's book was a bestseller. It was before, yeah. And it came out, and it was in the book that Agassi said that Sampras was very oh, cheap and didn't tip well. And then, I don't know, I, never, I don't know if Sampras responded to that, but then they were playing in this turn, uh, charity thing where they had their mics on, as you said. Yeah. And Agassi starts doing an impression of Sampras. Sampras did an impression of he Agassi. He ripped a ball at him or something. Yeah, and then yeah. Agassi starts pulling his pockets out and being like, I don't have any money for the tip. I'm you. <laughs> oh, my God. And then Sampras served the ball at him a as charity hard as event, he could. dude. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Charity so doubles. You can't, you can't as a, and I'm, look, fuck, I am not in the realm of having to pay a 50% tip, right? right? I don't worry about that. And I'm always a guy who's giving 20%. That's my my baseline. Of course, yeah. I you know, if not more. But is there a, any chance that she had it in her mind that she was as calculating as to say like, "Hey, just so you know, I know who you are." Uh Now, here's your bill. Is there any chance? Of course. There's a chance. It seems unlikely, but you never know, dude, it could be. It's, times are tough. All right, so here's my question. Let's say that I'm 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 right about that idea. Yeah. What is the tip that I have to give to protect 30%. myself? 30%. 30%? Yeah. I think I gave I think I gave 32%. Yeah, I think that's very generous and very nice. I have to tell you, I didn't feel generous. You, felt like my hands were tied. Uh, you felt like you had to. I felt obligated. Yeah. Let's put it this way. No Stop, no man. offense to that restaurant. It's not as if the service was 32% worthy uh-huh. what do you think dude you give a tip of 32 percent just out of the blue uh-huh. that service needs to be extraordinary yeah or there has to be some sort of like spe- the reason but i agree i give 20 percent. does your tip reflect the service at all i'd never i'll never go below 20 even if it's bad i'll never walk out without tipping me neither but uh, if somebody goes above and beyond it does something exceptional or something like maybe i will you know, but typically, mm-hmm. I mean, it's shit's already expensive, dude. You know yeah, what I mean? Like times aren't t- times are tough for everybody. So like 20% of, of course, maybe a little more depending or whatever. But you know, if I was in the situation that you were in, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. For some, I don't know why I thought that this story was going to end with her being like, you're on my list of people I'm allowed to bang. Oh, <laughs> with my boy. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> like, well, I'm glad you didn't say that. Has anyone ever said that to you? Even more. 
<laughs> well, speak, speaking of kidding. restaurants. I'm fucking kidding. Speaking of restaurants, now that things are like getting weird as it gets cold, if you guys are in New York or in a place where they're like taking away indoor dining or whatever, make sure if you're going to order delivery, try to order directly from the restaurant if you can. Try to tip in cash if you can. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do delivery that way, maybe walk and pick it up if you can. Like anything you can do just because like here in New York, like we're all really concerned about the health of our restaurants. And yeah. it's such a big part of the city and it's uh, it's going to be really hard. It, exactly. That's really well said. And and if you go through the apps, I know it's convenient and whatnot, but you know they keep the big service fee and the restaurants don't see as much of the of the money if that's the case. So we have to, to buckle ourselves down for that totally. uh, and help them out. Um, but uh, Julia, you make a good point. I mean, if you're going to walk to the restaurant, right? Like what, what's the right thing to wear? <laughs> no, Francis, I'm really glad you brought that up. Oh, are uh, you have an idea? I have an idea. Oh, especially because in this time where the weather is so ambiguous, where if it gets too hot, you're uncomfortable. If it's a little colder, you're uncomfortable. You need something versatile. And that's why you need a pair of bird dogs pants sure fucking do Bingo. sure fucking do <laughs> help out your local restaurants by wearing bird dogs pants to pick up your food from their <laughs> door from their door yeah wear something comfy you know that that sleek silk interior will keep you cool even if you start sweating a little bit between the thighs as you get two three four blocks into your wall that's right the built-in underwear liner means that it you know as you get to the restaurant if you want to pack your pockets with after dinner mints from the podium at the front, you know, those mints aren't going to bounce around and knock it, knock against your bits and pieces as, as uh, uncomfortably. That didn't, I don't really think that's a, something people worry about so much, but well, I have, I'll tell you what they do worry about. Yeah. Dude. You know what they do worry about getting mugged on their way to pick up their food. They sure do. And that's why it's a good thing that if you use promo code oops right now, birddogs.com, you will receive a free pair of nunchucks. Yeah, leave your wallet and your cell phone at home, but put your nunchucks in the pockets of your bird dog's pants exactly. as you go to brave the elements and the gauntlet of potential <laughs> muggers en route to getting your falafel. That's right. Along with your fake wallet, yeah. which you heard about on last your episode. Your drop wallet. Your drop wallet. Be sure to yeah. bring your nunchucks. And if you're thinking, I don't know how to use nunchucks, well, guess what? Have you ever fucking heard of YouTube? Mm. Go on. <laughs> get on there and watch a video for 20 minutes Nunchuck and you'll tutorial, be fine birddogs.com use promo code oops you'll be all squared away love it dude love it um so dude we it's the holidays right yep and uh i was thinking about some of my like most memorable holiday things things okay. that i think of when i think of the holidays yeah eggnog and this and that but there's one f- memory that i have that was like really odd and i'm curious if anything like this has ever happened to you mm-hmm. so here's the memory my cousins, I must have been seven, and my cousins dressed me up like a girl. Yep. They put me in a dress. They put lipstick on me. They give me high heels. Sure. And while in the high heels, I fell down the stairs. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I barreled all the way down the stairs to the bottom, and then my cousin had to run and try to help me up. But like, there's some like insane, something insane about that to me. Yeah, yeah. Dressed that's... in drag, tumbling down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> is that cruel of them? Like, I, were we just being kids? Like, I don't. Well, really... here's the question: Were you crying as they dressed you in the in that stuff, or were you kind of embracing it? You know, I was just kind of like following the lead of my of my older cousins, mm-hmm. who 
I trusted and assumed to know more about the world than I did. My sister would dress me up in in her clothing, her gymnastics outfits, um, <laughs> like all in, the time, like a unitard. Yeah, like leotards okay. with with also like little skirts and stuff. And um, <laughs> we have videos of it from when I was a kid. I don't look as happy as I think <laughs> I should have for them to have allowed it to keep happening. You know, I don't yeah, look. Right. I don't look like I'm part of it. I look <laughs> like I'm a sideshow. Do you hold things like that against your sister no. in adulthood? No, I don't either. And I always wonder about that because you know you go to therapy. They start asking you about your relation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They start asking you about your relationship with your siblings and your parents, and like I don't hold anything against my brother. And maybe it's because I was older, and maybe he holds things against me or whatever. That's probably more likely. But like he did annoying shit to me, dude. Like mm -hmm. I'd be lying on the couch watching TV and he'd come around the corner in the basement and he'd pull out a Nerf gun and shoot me between the eyes and run away. Oh, and then God. when I then when I'd hurt him, I would get in trouble. Yeah, the, it's always the retaliation that's spotted by the referees. You know, but you were you were a younger sibling. I was. Did you find that your parents would be defending you or because you were a, a boy? No, my parents my parents defended my sister. The princess. Yeah, but I was also the one who just like I, I didn't know my own strength. I thought we were fighting on an equal playing field. You just kick your sister's ass. <laughs> Kinda, not not intentionally. I you know we would be doing some goofy thing, and then right. all of a sudden I'd like push her into the pool, and I would. <laughs> I thought it was funny until like you know her head was bleeding, because like I, I, or because I'd hit like push her off the you know I I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's the kind of thing where I'd be like ha ha this is fun wham, and then it's like oh no please don't tell mom and dad but we need to get that stitched you know that's what oh would happen. God. I didn't. I didn't get it, dude. I didn't know who who I could play with and who I couldn't rough. You know. Right. right. Um, but no, I mean, I will say that I became much closer with my sister as as adults. Right. Uh, it, it 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 was tough because we were so competitive with each with one another. Really? Yeah. In what way? Well, I would say athletically and academically. You know, we went to the same school. She was two years older than me. She was a very good student um and a, and a star athlete herself she ended up she played lacrosse at yale oh wow um and 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 it was tough for me because she was kind of getting recruited at a time when i was in high school and i didn't know if i'd be able to kind of follow that do the ivy method. league right um, and it's incredible that you guys both you went to like the two most historical american educational institutions well, but, but but it was crazy because when she got into yale i remember it and the whole family went nuts and celebrated and like we couldn't believe it um but i was a freshman and at that time i didn't or maybe i guess maybe i was a sophomore yeah i was a sophomore but i so so i still had no idea what my options were for college at that point and i right. was like oh my god my older sister just got into fucking yale interesting like what am i supposed to do now right 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 it just you felt the pressure on kind of yeah. and i didn't want to be just like the letdown in the family totally no i do i get it coda i get it and even so, even if it's not something that's like perpetrated by your parents in the sense of like maybe that pressure didn't exist but by her setting the bar hot so high inevitably there is pressure yeah. Regardless of the expectations of the family. Well, and also my my mom had gone to Princeton and then and then done her graduate degree at, at Yale. So right. this was there was a real like a linear legacy. 
content, you know, continuity to to this Ivy League thing. And again, at, at that point, I still had I had no idea. Yeah, it seemed so unlikely to me. But as it turned out, um, it was actually a lot easier, I would say, for me to get in to Harvard than it was for her to get into Yale. So in a way, it was lucky that she got in first. Uh, My recruiting process was much more obvious and squared uh, away than nice. hers was. Interesting. Well, it um, worked out, dude. Yeah. So it's funny. I I don't. I had like the opposite situation. Like I don't know what it is, and you think that. And granted, I was the first. Like my, I had a younger brother. I didn't have an older brother. So that like that whole thing wasn't in place. I guess because of that. But like my dad, who's a professor at a very good school, and he also. Like he went to Columbia, all this shit, whatever. But for some reason, my parents like set the bar really low for us. Huh. <laughs> like, like for me, like my dad would be like, I forget exactly what he would say, but he'd be like, you know, you know, do it like whatever you want to do. He'd be like, if you want to be like, he's like, as long as you're happy, whatever you, I don't know. I just, I never felt pressure like that. And I wonder if my brother felt it because I was the older brother and like, mm. I was a great tennis player and he ended up being a great tennis player too. And I wonder to what degree that has something to do with it being the second in line. Do you wish that your parents had expected or more of you? Not really. I mean, like I I'm happy with the way things worked out so far, you know, knock on wood, mm -hmm. I guess there are times where I'm like, Ooh, maybe I could have been like a great tennis player, like a great tennis player. If I was like pushed or like whatever, like they didn't really, really even care about my grades. Like if I, as long as I didn't get bad comments, they were fine with it. Mm. Uh, and I definitely think that it maybe with a different mindset, things could have been a little different. Like I had to kind of like learn on my own that mm -hmm. like if I want to live a certain kind of life, it's going to take this, 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 and this. Like they just didn't tell me that, mm -hmm. which was like weird. You know what I mean? Like I never did yeah. internships. I never like, I like gave tennis lessons in the summers. Like, right. I don't know. So it took me like a little bit to catch up to that. But my point is like, like you said, your sister setting the bar so fucking high, like that must put pressure like extra pressure on you and granted i heard like with all your your parents your parents lineage and stuff all the incredible things that they did too like obviously that adds to it but it's an interesting thing to examine yeah but i, I would say we weren't we also weren't we weren't like an ivy i hate to say it this way because it sounds ridiculous we weren't like an ivy league family right you know we had my mom the matriarch of the family whom we all looked up to as this sort of like intelligent being this right. superior brain power person who we, we like none of us felt like we could be, could touch that right and and so that was like it felt Intangible. unrealistic and 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 nobody was striving to emulate our mom interesting she had done her thing and we were all like well that's too fucking You're like smart. there's no way we can do that yeah right? so that was out of the question and then also it's not as though my parents were Ivy League people who had, you know, done donated money to the schools or kept up with alumni groups right, 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 or right. were very involved in student life or anything like that. Right. We never even went to the colleges. We didn't like right. go to reunions with them. Right. There was no we weren't it wasn't in our face. If anything, we were in Maine, right? So like we were kind of removed from like the New Jersey the tri-state competitive yeah, parent thing. The, that sw swirl of like, also, nobody from Maine was going to Ivy League schools. Right. There wasn't really a, a state that sent people to top. Right. Dude, my class at Harvard, there were like four kids that, that went to Harvard from Maine? my whole state. 
It's crazy. Whereas from Connecticut, it's a bunch. I'm sure it's got to be like hundreds. Right. Um. The point is that uh, we didn't feel like it was Ivy League or bust. Right. You know, it was definitely do your best, but like, I will say that do your best was there was there was vigilance to that. Right. So my mom knew what our best was, mm-hmm. and we were not really allowed to define our best. Gotcha. Well, but what about so? But your sister, by 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 your sister going and playing sports at that kind of situation, that seems like that immediately takes away that kind of like romanticized vision of your mom's success. And you're like, oh, oh boy, now I need to do this too. Um, type of thing. Like, did that kick in? I mean, like you said, it ended up being like an easy process for you. Easier, obviously. Well, I think the thing was, I'm not really sure what you mean by that question, to be honest with you. Like, like, cause you said your parents, like your, your, you guys weren't like an Ivy League family. Like your mom had done all this incredible stuff. She, she was like, oh my God, she's so incredible. We could never do this. My dad, by the way, went to Amherst College. Which is, so might as well. It's a very, very good school. It's the same shit. He got into Princeton, but decided not to go. Right. It's like the same level. Y- yeah. It, which is funny, though, because like unless you're in like certain circles, like you don't even know about those schools. You don't. Which those is so small weird. small Nescaq schools, but right. they're spectacular colleges. They're amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. But But to your point, though, your question... Did I lose the romantic vision? No, I mean the romantic vision. Like you said, your mom's your mom's like level was so high. Yeah. That by when your sister got into Yale, did it seem more attainable? In the sense where now you're like, oh fuck, there is pressure because she did it. It can be done. I can do it too. Yes. So so this goes back to the competition thing. When I mentioned that we were athletically and uh, you know academically, we were. I I oh I was always two years behind her. We went to the same school for eight years, and then I went to a different school, and she stayed on. But I always kind of knew what the benchmarks were that she had hit. (laughs) We weren't. We weren't. There wasn't like a a history i didn't have her grades in front of me but i knew that i was kind of right there with her in fact we were getting almost the same exact grades same sat scores pretty much so as long as i did that i felt like i was putting myself in a decent position given the formula that she'd already shown right right and then it turned out that you know i was a i was a lacrosse player who had I think made it much easier for myself than, than even she did for herself um, by just being a big dude. Like I, I was a big right. guy in high school. Right. And so it was more apparent to me earlier in high school that I was going to be able to go kind right. of where I wanted. Right. right. You didn't have to like prove yourself as much as the guy who's like the shorter guy who has something to prove you like, yeah. you, you had all the, all the measurements. So but, to speak. but, there was a real, I had a heart, I've, I've said this before, that the process was anticlimactic. When my sister got into Yale, our family went nuts. Right. We celebrated. When I got into Harvard, I, I was like weirdly disappointed. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I had cheated because this stup- stupid athletic recruiting oh, right, thing right, right, right. seemed like a backdoor cheat code uh-huh. into this prestigious place. Uh-huh. And I had known for a while that I was going to get in. Right. So the, the email or the letter I got was a total formality uh-huh. such that when I got it, I got it, I remember at like 3 p.m. on a random school day, 
I didn't tell my parents until later that evening. <laughs> right. I, because it was so certain, there was less celebration to be had. And they were like pretty excited. We went to uh, out to a restaurant mm-hmm. and had dinner. And I was so conflicted over this that when the waitress came and said, you know, like, are you guys celebrating something? Or, I, don't, I, I mean, my parents said we're celebrating something. And she said, what? And they said, our son got into college today. And she said, oh, my God, where? And I was angry. I felt like we didn't deserve to be celebrating that. Really? It's weird, dude. This is this was the the my brain has always been, you know, it was an imposter syndrome type thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I looked up at the waitress and I was like, well, I got in. I got into Harvard, but it doesn't really count. I, I was an athlete, so it doesn't it's not the same. Mm. And I like immediately shit on my achievement. Right, right, right. And I did it as a way of like trying to burst my parents' bubble. And the, and then I I was so upset that I like got up from the table and walked outside. Really? And to this day, it's one of the saddest things that I've done to my parents because here they were, you know, watching as their son through eighteen years of their like bake, breaking their backs for me. And helping me and, you know, what doing everything they could to help me turn out okay. Mm-hmm. Here was admission to Harvard, which is a, was a big deal for them. Yeah. And I was saying, like, fuck this. I don't deserve this. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. In a way, being petulant, you know. Right, right. And, and not letting them have their celebration. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the perspective at that age to realize how much it meant to them. And how I should let them have that. Interesting. I mean, I think that they would just, like, if I was your parent in that situation, you did that, I would just, like, be concerned <laughs> for you. They, like, I don't think I would feel personally bad. I'd be like, you should be excited. I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, was, I was almost being like, why, we shouldn't be celebrating this. Like, this, this is not right. This, is, uh, this isn't real. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not the kid. I didn't deserve this. Mm, interesting. We shouldn't be out to dinner. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. We got any emails? Um, yeah, I have one thing I want to talk about. Though, Please. Um, I want to talk about plastic surgery. Oh, fun. So there's a couple of things about it that I think are uh, worth talking about. I mean, there's many things. But one of them, is it, and, and now it's Christmas time, obviously. Is there a situation where you buy like your girlfriend tits? Oh my god! Without consulting her about it, that that's where that she's happy. Like, has anyone out there bought their girlfriend tits for Christmas, and she never said anything about wanting them? I'm sure there are, <laughs> but those guys run commercial real estate firms in Florida. <laughs> right, where like everybody has fake tits, and uh, breasts are a. a, a typical 18th birthday present right, right? or you know a 26th birthday present right. it's for... like the same as getting your ears pierced yeah exactly <laughs> it's a rite of passage 
It's getting a pair of titties. Um, but dude, I would say that <laughs> you know that's so crazy of an idea that a man <laughs> would would just present a gift certificate for fifty thousand dollars to so and so's plastic surgery shop uh and say like these are for your new breasts that i want you to get right you you the woman would have had to have right yeah she would have had to have indicated but that's a whole world that i'm just not familiar with i know i know um and one that has (laughs) you know become more and more i think prevalent i think the acceptance of plastic surgery now back back in the when i was growing up it was something that was seen as more taboo right kind of horrid so here's the question though is that a product of you kind of coming from a more modest place like you mean like you said you're in maine like it's not like you just don't know that many people who are doing that kind of stuff like like you said like in south florida everyone gets boobs even in like the west coast like a lot of people get work done and like i wonder that too i wonder if it's now just become a more acceptable thing with like people like the kardashians who are so like seemingly open about getting work done and all that shit like has that made it more socially acceptable or has it always been and we just didn't know? I think I think my answer is actually something else. I think it's that the improvements and, uh, in plastic surgery and sort of the menu mm. for plastic surgery has grown so much that people who would never have considered putting big balloons in their boobs or doing crazy, you know, butt things are now a little bit more okay with the idea of you know, a tiny chin tuck right, or, right, 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 right. you know, a little tiny thing to make the wrinkles around their eyes go away. Like it, it's right. become it's better and presumably cheaper and more accessible. Yeah. And it's, and it's also, it's, it's just, you're not freezing your face in a look of <laughs> shock and awe. You know, I think, right. I think it's become so much more human and natural um, that, that it's not that big of a deal. So um, look, man, you know, the human body is is one of those things where ugh, it's 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 crazy to think about how the 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 expected the life expectancy of a person 100 200 years ago was like 60 years old mm-hmm. anyone who lived longer than 60 was like an old like old ancient. man right and um much higher life whether it's the medications or the surgeries the knee replacements the hip replacements all of that all the just knowledge in general yeah like living a healthier lifestyle the developments in medicine the the way that we've learned to to fight cancer which you know caused you you got diagnosed with cancer 100 years ago that was it Mm. see ya right right no dude totally dude aids happened in the 80s right 70s 80s or whatever that's when it broke out and it was a plague it was a yeah. death sentence yeah in 99 mortality rate. in 20 years i know which really isn't that long in the scope of like the the, the medicine timeline in 20 years we've basically been able to say like eh, you can take a pill a day and be fine at least in certain parts of the world not a big deal i know, yeah. I know. so dude th- this is a- another thing about this that i've thought about because yeah, i know you know and, and i'm sure we know a lot of the same people but like in New York, I've started to notice that girls that I know who are young-ish, you know, like in their 20s or whatever, that's like a young to me, are getting a lot of work done. Really? To the point where they're going overboard and they don't look good. They're, they're aging themselves by doing it. Really? Yes. And I would like to say, you know, if you start getting stuff done, you know, try to like do as, as best as you can to have some perspective because I feel bad for some of my friends 
And even a girl that I used to date, uh, I noticed, I'm like, Jesus, like she looks, she like got a new face and she just looks like she's 40. And she's, she's a 26 year old girl who looks like she's 40. Oh, and I don't, and and, you know, this is just my, I like objectively speaking, I'm like, she, she, this was a girl who was very pretty. She didn't need to do this stuff to herself. I don't know what sort of like societal pressure, whether it's like in the big picture or with her inner circle led her to believe I need to look like this. So now I wonder this too. It's like, maybe she looks older and she looks weird or something, but by having all that stuff done, is that some sort of like status statement? Is that you saying like, I have the money. To do I this. have the money. I'm like in this, this is where the circle I run in. Like, is that part of it? I think, I think so. I, I think, think you're so absolutely too. right about that. I remember, you know, I dated somebody who was very much in the New York city, upper class, private school kid, you know, inner circle. And in the mid twenties, all of her friends all of a sudden out of nowhere started getting lip injections. Yeah, just everybody fucking looking like this. Everyone looking like they had been punched squarely in the mouth. Yeah. Just dead center, both lips catching fists. Yeah, it's wild. Um, You know, just making out with a beehive. (laughs) And it it was like, it it was shocking because these, these, a lot of these women had very sort of aquiline, slender faces. And then all of a sudden, these engorged lips. Yeah. It looked like a Mr. Potato Head doll where you swapped out the wrong, you know, features. Yeah, um, it's crazy, man. And and in, to a degree, does don't do you feel that it starts to just add sort of like an age ambiguity that a young person doesn't need? I understand the appeal of that when you're a woman who's like getting older and like you're older, like you're an older woman now, and you want to look younger. I get that, but by doing the same work to your face that that woman's doing. You start to look like a person who's trying to look younger, mm-hmm. but you are young. So I guess the question is, what's the age where the plastic surgery stuff actually helps? Right. And I, you have, you know, my answer to that is you have to make that decision for yourself. It's but different hopefully, for everyone. Right. I mean, hopefully you're making the right decision. You should feel good about yourself. If you want to go out there and feel good about yourself, you should do it. Fine. But if, easier said than done. Absolutely. But my point is, you know, if you don't feel good about yourself, is doing like getting a new face the answer? Like I maybe, I guess for you maybe. Maybe some people really do feel sexier when they've got, you know, a, a new, new face. face. <laughs> <laughs> what what have you met anybody young people who have had work done that you actually thought it looked good? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the time it's stuff that you don't even notice. Like it's like, it can be subtle. Okay. Like and, what? Uh, but like maybe, you know, maybe a nose thing or something. Yeah. Nose things are pretty. And honestly, helpful. I've, I've seen situations where noses, new noses made people like change their life in a positive way. Hmm. Like getting a nose job. I, I had, I had a nose thing. I know. Done. I know. Uh, but, but I didn't have a choice. Yeah. I know. My nose was so broken <laughs> that I couldn't breathe out of the left nostril. Right. They said that the the bones had sh- shattered. I've been punched in the face. It was by the, the lobsterman in Maine. They did that to me. Crazy dude. So the left nostril, the whole cavity, all the way the sinus down, was just closed with bones so that had rehealed into kind of clogging the nostril. And do you want to know how I learned? That my nose was really fucked up. How? Because when we started doing cocaine, <laughs> oh my God. 
I couldn't take it through my left nostril. Wow. I would try and it wouldn't come up. It would just like go back on the side of the table. Nothing would come up. <laughs> That's crazy. It was a vacuum even that it. had a, a clog in it. Dude, hey, who's who's to say cocaine's all bad? So <laughs> Yeah. So so silver with, lining. With that said, um, you know, I would say that uh I had to have this surgery, and the big reason was I saw an otolaryngologist, ears, nose, and throat. Is that what they're Surgeon, called? Surgeon, otolaryngologist, yeah, Whoa. I think. And um, he took a, a <laughs> scope and went into my nose, which is really unpleasant, by the way. If you think the COVID tests where they go way back, <laughs> stick a fucking camera on a tube all the way down. It's way worse. What the fuck? It's so bad. The your COVID eyes is so bad. Dude, your eyes are watering not just tears but like a stream of tears Bro, and you're insane. coughing. Oh it's awful. God. So I had that and he looked in and he was like, "Yeah, the, the, your your nose is so bad. You have no idea. Also, this is going to mess up your sleeping. <laughs> oh you're going to you're not going to breathe through your nose at night. So you're breathing out of your mouth. So you're waking up dry mouth and uh dehydrated every morning this whole thing is really bad for your health need an overhaul we have to do this and i said okay fine and so we did it but the surgery i had because of how bad my nose was was much more brutal like he had to break the whole thing again and then start from scratch jesus dude and the healing process from that is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. Wow. When it's that, when it was as bad as mine was. Wow. Wow. Dude. It was so, it was so bad for four days. Jesus. Because you've got all this packing up in there. Jesus. And it's just, it feels like someone's just, your whole nose is stuffed with these like, I don't even know what, a fireball gummy, you know, the little um, gobstoppers. They're just like burning. They're just like melting in your nose. Oh my God. It was so bad. Anyway, not to get into that. <laughs> well, God, you got a new beak, dude. Yeah. Nice well, that beak. was the thing, too. Because yeah. I had, because of the break, I had a slight br- uh, bump in the top of it. And he was like, by the way, while we're doing this, we could fix that for you. And I was like, all right, might as well. Yeah. And since then, once my nose healed, people started noticing they were like your nose looks better did you do something that's great and i would be like kind of i don't want to talk about it yeah because <laughs> you don't want anyone thinking it's just i i was like ashamed vanity yeah to to have people thinking i had done it for aesthetic yeah. purposes yeah. yeah but dude i mean your story is like no you you can't if you get a nose job because you just want a, a nicer nose you're not going to be like if you want the second you tell your story it completely. That's a out. super long story to have I to know. tell to everybody who says your nose looks better. <laughs> it has to be an abbreviation. Yeah, it's funny right? you mentioned that. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. Punched in the face by a lobsterman. <laughs> Surgery was terrible. You think lobsters got claws? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> oh God! It all started in the old port in Portland, Maine. <laughs> we rubbed a guy the wrong way. Unbelievable, dude. Okay, we have an email here that's pretty good. Um, just a good question. So this is it. I don't have an oops, but this conundrum of mine could become one if not handled properly. I thought maybe you guys could simulate a newspaper dating advice column and tell me your opinion on this matter. About two months ago, a girl came into my work and I thought she was very cute. After making some conversation and cracking some jokes, I gave her my Instagram 
and told her that if she wanted to get a coffee or hang out sometime to send me a message. I was feeling pretty good about having worked up the nerve to do that. But unfortunately... <laughs> Pause. <laughs> feeling pretty good about having worked up the nerve to give someone your Instagram? But, but he was doing it in a flirty way. I mean... He's basically put the ball in her court. Like, right, right. That's there's a more effective it's way. It's sad to do that. that that he thinks he's done his yeah. <laughs> big. I uh, gathered the nerve to tell a girl <laughs> to ask me out. Right, I would what agree. The hell, you're would, punting, dude. Yeah, the move there is to get her Instagram and message her. Yeah, come not on. give her your Instagram. Right. Although, but there is a way to do that. But in this situation, you don't have to do that. Fine, whatever. But but I uh, fully agreed. You can take more control over that situation. Mm -hmm. Step one. Um, so anyway, he was feeling pretty good about having worked up the nerve to do that. But unfortunately, he received no message. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Well, there you go. That validates exactly what I just said. Absolutely. Okay. But two months go by. And by this time, I've already forgotten about the incident. When in she walks in again, I smiled and said hello. And while I could tell she remembered me, I just made polite conversation and rang her order through. She sits, she sits down at a table to eat. And for the next 20 minutes, I ponder whether or not I should approach again. Will she think I'm a creep? She clearly had no interest last time. But then again, what is there to lose? So I go up to her, this time with my name and phone number written on a piece of paper there and say, go. this is better, right? Listen, I know I already tried once, but I honestly think you're super cute. So if you want to get a coffee sometime, here's my number. She doesn't really say anything, just laughs awkwardly and I walk away. Some hours go by and as my shift is nearing to a close, I get a message from an unknown, unknown number. Ooh. Needless to say, it's her. However, she explains that while she was extremely flattered both times, that she's seeing someone at the moment. Uh -huh. However, she goes into detail telling me how she thinks I'm really cute and how she loved the gesture and goes as far to say, I can't believe you're single, an icy dagger into the heart of a single man. To make a long story short, I've continued texting with her from time to time and I get a very strong vibe that she really likes me back. However, I would never outright steal another dude's girlfriend. Um, so my question to you guys is, to what extent can, should you chase a girl you really like if she's already in a relationship? Yeah, I think uh, as hard as you want mm -hmm. is my answer. Uh, why It's not his job to play by the rules of their relationship. You know, uh -huh. how many times in history has somebody met someone while they were dating another person and then left the relationship because they thought they were more interested in this new person. And then that worked out. Dude, totally. It's not so much that like he needs to wait. Maybe she's dating the wrong guy. Right. Uh, yeah. How many moms and dads do you know who were dating someone? Yeah. When they met the person they ended up marrying and left them. And it's, you know what I mean? Exactly. So that it certainly is a thing. Dude, the way my parents tell those stories, like my dad will refer to men that my mom dated or that he knew right. early on in their lives. Is it's it sounds as if there was just a like a wake of dead bodies <laughs> left behind that he had to like push through right. and finally climb on her boat or whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I I I think I think if she then responds and says, like, listen, I really like this guy, or like blocks his number, or whatever, that's that's your answer right. at that point. But what are you supposed to just wait in the wings? Yeah. And and play it civilly and, you know, abide by, as we've talked about, this bullshit imaginary guy code. 
Right. I don't know if that dude would play it that way if it, the situation were reversed. Yeah. Guy code doesn't doesn't apply when you don't know the guy. Yeah. Survival the fittest. Absolutely. You only get to kill what you eat. I don't know how to put it. Like, I agree, dude. But the, the what this is the one thing I'll say. Sometimes you like somebody enough that there's nothing that's going to stop you from trying. God bless you. Go for it. You should do it. Even if it's not that person, you do what you want to do. The only thing that that I would say is that there's something that will fuck fuck you up in the head about taking somebody else's girlfriend and making her your girlfriend because then you that just you start thinking about how that's a possibility and maybe yeah. you start thinking that like your girlfriend's going to do that shit to you and I it's going to like fuck you up in the head or something. You've talked about that with the cheating thing as well. Yeah. But I don't know if I agree because I do think that there are there are people who are just improvements, right? So yeah. if you really believe that you're better than the guy she's currently dating and she jumps ship and come over to you, you hopefully you have enough confidence in yourself that you can say, well, she did this because she knew how much better I was, not because she's some girl who just jumps from one lily pad to the next. And well, maybe knows, it's, who maybe knows it's when the she'll better lily pad, me. though. Perhaps the next lily pad is the guy better than you next time. You will. You have to hope that you can keep her interested. You have right. to hope that, you know, of course, there are going to be other lily pads that come along. <laughs> and you have to say, like, no, you're fucking staying because check it out. I I'm, decorated my I'm lily cool. pad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look at this. I've done this. And, you know, <laughs> look at these Christmas is, lights. I know it looks enchanting over there, but the reality is that lily pad has bad credit or, you know, <laughs> there's algae growing beneath it. It says it's 6'2, but it's really 5'10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Good luck. Uh, good luck to you, man. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, you know, maybe you got something here. If, and if you want it and you think you want it, just strike. Yeah. Hey, listen, fuck your boyfriend. Keep trying. Out. Keep trying. Keep going for Swing it. Swing for the fences. Awesome. Well, happy happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Anything else? That's it. Guys, Oops the Podcast. Enjoy yourselves. Check uh, out our YouTube page. Please. Follow our Instagram, Oops the Podcast. Send us messages. Let us know what's going on. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you and enjoy. See ya.